In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes in order to bless us where we are. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Today is the occasion of the liturgical celebration, uh, the high holiday of the NFL. And uh, today we are, are, people are getting ready for it in all sorts of different ways. Uh, people are, are probably, as we speak, preparing the sacraments of um, chicken wings and, and pizza and, um, uh, you know, adult beverages and, and things like that. Um, uh, people are, are preparing themselves for, um, uh, for, for the liturgical sort of gymnastics of uh, what happens when the referee gets up there and um, he gives you certain hand signals and you respond to those in a certain way by saying, he didn't see this that I saw. And we are preparing to uh, celebrate this holiday in all sorts of different ways. And one of those ways is by celebrating the holiday by, by watching these sort of mini sermons that are juxtaposed in between all of the action of the football game and these mini-sermons are, as I've said many a time before, my favorite part of the Super Bowl. The mini-sermons that are the ads, the commercials. And there's one of those ads and, and commercials that I'm going to warn you about today, that uh, you, you, get, you get a heads up that if you see this and you don't like crying at the TV, um, you maybe want to you know, walk out of the room and, and yeah, get some more chicken wings or something. Google is, is putting out this ad and, and it's causing a little bit of a stir on the interwebs. Google put out um, this Super Bowl ad that uh, they are dubbing Loretta. And the way that the ad goes is that uh, it, it opens up and you see a Google search bar. And into that Google search bar, it, it, you see a, a few words being typed. And, and those words are, um, how not to forget. And, you, and that pops up for a little while, and you see a few of the, the, the different search things that, that would pop up normally if you typed that into Google. And then you hear an elderly man's voice in the background of the commercial, and the elderly man's voice says, Hey, Google, show me pictures, photos of me and Loretta. And the Google Assistant responds, I'll show you pictures of you and Loretta. And it starts popping up pictures of what you can only assume to be this man's now departed wife. And it shows pictures of them at their wedding. It shows pictures of them in midlife. It shows pictures when they're younger. It shows pictures when they're older. And it goes through all of these different iterations, and, uh, and uh, he says things like, Google, remember that Loretta hated my mustache. Google re and Google responds back, okay, I'll remember that. And Google, remember that Loretta loved to go to Alaska. Google, remember that Loretta loves scallops. Google, remember this and that. 
and the other thing. And as you watch the show, you're, you're suddenly uh, brought in to this person's life, in, into what is kind of sort of a real story. Uh, th- this person and, and the photos that pop up are actually the, the photos of and the voice of a, a, a grandfather of a actual Google employee who is uh, who has let this story basically develop in front of everybody, and it's getting some attention on uh, on the internet. And not all of that attention, though, is is necessarily good. It's a it's a heartwarming, tear jerking kind of commercial, and and it's something that that when you watch it, you you know you, you kind of get choked up. You, you kind of start to choke the tears back, and, and yet. There are people out there who are questioning what is happening here. Because when you look at just the story, you go, what a heartwarming story. I want to get to know Loretta. I want to get to know this old man. But when you look at what is going on, you go, this is an advertisement. Google has paid many, many, many dollars in order for this advertisement to be placed at the Super Bowl. Why is Google doing this? And the answer that you probably already know, and if you don't, surprise, (laughs) is that unlike some of the products that you will see in Super Bowl commercials today, some of those products, they're, they're just saying, hey, here's Doritos, we want you to buy Doritos. When Google sends you an ad, they're not saying, hey, here's Google, we want you to buy Google because it's a free service. A free service because you are the product. Because the information that is gathered by Google allows them to be able to target ads to you. And so people are are kind of worried about this guy Loretta's husband, and worried about what might happen next in his life. Is he going to get spam emails that are about buying a Google photo book of pictures of him and Loretta? Is he going to start seeing browser ads on the side of his screen that are advertising things like assisted living because now he's alone? Uh, is he going to start seeing other stuff that maybe is going to remind him of Loretta, but maybe not in the best of ways? And that's the concern. The concern there is, who's the product? And are we really going along with a company that says, we're going to give you this sort of heartwarming feeling, this experience, even this possibility of being able to remember things about our long-lost spouses or the people in our lives. Are they giving us that ability, but is that ability coming at a price that is maybe a price that we are either unaware of or aware of and... Maybe that's a little bit too much for us. 
And that's a big question. The question of what is the product? It's a big question that you find throughout our readings today. Starts off with this reading from Micah. This reading where, uh, where, where Micah is uh, explaining to the people of Israel. He, he's saying, look, uh, what you thought was the product is not the product. It's not what God actually wants from you. Because uh, the people of Israel have gotten really good about this sort of sense of religiosity. They've started to do all of these sort of things, and they're even looking at the peoples around them that are doing all of these religious things, and he's, he's saying that's maybe not exactly what God wants. God doesn't want a thousand goats. God doesn't want your firstborn. God doesn't want rivers of oil. But rather what God wants is for you to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. That the product of what God is doing in our lives is not just religious sacrifice but it's life and life of a certain kind which drives us to that psalm that psalm with the sort of crazy question at the beginning of the psalm with the the question at the beginning that you go oh I, I really hope that this turns out well for me who shall dwell in the house of the Lord, who shall dwell in his, who shall sojourn in his tent, who will be there with God. And then you look at the list of requirements and you go, that's not me. Who will be there with God? Well, it starts off the one who is blameless. And at that point, you just unplug and you go, all right, I don't even need to read the rest. And there's a question there about what is the product? Is the product just, you know, me being a super holy, super blameless person? Is that what God wants? Then we get to the Corinthians. And we all know that the Corinthians are not blameless. In fact, the the book of uh, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians both show us that God is merciful and patient with people that get it wrong over and over and over again because that's who the Corinthians are. It's a great book for us because we go, well, maybe I'm not that bad at least. And and here Paul gets into this discussion about the wisdom of God and that the wisdom of God looks like foolishness to the rest of the world. The wisdom of God looks like it's a non sequitur. The wisdom of God looks like it's counterintuitive. The wisdom of God looks like it's something that doesn't make sense. That the wisdom of God is not that he would send his son in to squash the Romans and set up an imperial kingdom of his making, but rather that he would send his son into the world in order to be squashed by another kingdom on a cross. And why is that the case? 
Well, finally, we get around to the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. This text from Matthew's, Matthew 5 that we're used to hearing during uh, another part of the year, usually. This is always the reading that comes up for All Saints Sunday. But here, it's the beginning of a time where we're going to be taking the next few Sundays and looking at the Sermon on the Mount and what that was all about. And that collection of Jesus' teachings that Matthew brings together in order to kind of show us what it was like to be one of Jesus' disciples. He gives us sort of this microcosm, this Super Bowl ad, if you will, of what it was like to be maybe Peter or Andrew or James or John and to hear Jesus tell what the wisdom of God was like, that wisdom of God that looked like foolishness to everybody else. And he starts it off with these Beatitudes. And these Beatitudes show us what the product is. The product is God. Blessed are you when. Blessed are you when you mourn. Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are you when you're a peacemaker. Blessed are you in all of these situations that we kind of look at these and we go, well, maybe I can handle one or two of those. And we, we start looking at the Beatitudes kind of in the same way that we look at that Micah reading, and that's maybe not a fair comparison. Because here, what God is doing is he is saying that, blessed are you when, when this is the thing that's going on in your life. Blessed are you because God promises to be with you in that. Blessed are you because God promises that you will be a son or a daughter of the kingdom. Blessed are you because God is not looking for a transactional relationship where you do X and he provides you with Y but rather that God is sort of looking to you for the same thing that Google is looking for. God is looking at you and and he's saying, "Uh, what do I want? I want you. I want you. I want your righteousness. I want your ability to be a peacemaker. But I also want your mourning. I want the difficult times in your life, and I want the easy times of your life. I want the joyful times, and I want the sad times. I want your life. Like Google, he, he, he wants to watch your, your searches. He wants to watch most of your searches. Some of your searches he doesn't like seeing. But he wants to watch them anyway. He wants to know who you are. He wants that connection with you. And he wants that connection because he wants to remember you and he wants you to remember him.
just like the elderly man remembers Loretta, he wants that to be the kind of relationship that we have with him, but even more full. Even more full than just let me remember through watching these pictures and these things that I remember about this relationship, but he wants that relationship to be alive and breathing today. As you receive his forgiveness, as you receive his body and blood in the sacrament, as you listen to his words told to you through scripture. The product, though, is him. That is how he gets to know you, because he knows that, well... You're not going to do justice. He knows that you're not going to love kindness. He knows that you're even not going to walk humbly with him most of the time. So instead of that, what he does is he flips it around and he says, instead of requiring these things of you, I will require these things of myself for you. And those requirements that he has of himself in order to bring you into relationship for you, that is what you see on the cross of Christ. So that one day we will be gathered together with him in a resurrection, in an experience of that connection that we have with him, that will make this connection with him feel like something as cold and lifeless as a Google search. That one day, that face-to-face will happen and we will be gathered together with him and all those who believe in him. So in the meantime, may you remember him as he says, as we say, every Sunday here. May you remember him. May you do this in remembrance of him. And may you know That he is the product that brings your relationship together. Amen.